Do you suffer with chronic pain? Are you taking risky, over-the-counter, or prescription anti-inflammatory drugs? This is Dr. Ronald Hopp with a better natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals, Liquid Turmeric Liposome Complex. Future Farm's liquid turmeric with liposomes and nanotechnology delivers maximum absorption for effective pain relief. Sourced and manufactured in the United States, this product contains 1,600 milligrams of curcumin and powerful antioxidant properties. This plant-based curcumin is used to possibly reduce inflammation, block proteins that trigger swelling, and intercept inflammatory pathways, significantly decreasing inflammatory responses. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's future P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Don't live with pain when there's an all-natural, science-based remedy that works. myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. The book is Lies My Doctor Told Me, Medical Myths That Can Harm Your Health. I'm envious of the title. The author, Dr. Ken Berry, is with us. Uh, He's a family practitioner uh, down in Tennessee. And uh, he's been researching the medical myths and outright lies that doctors commonly tell their patients. And uh, we're just going to touch on a few, but the book is uh, well worth your while. Um, So let's talk a little bit about uh, the thyroid. And this is this is a pet peeve of mine, and you have beautifully summarized it in this statement. Your TSH is normal, so your thyroid is fine. True or false? <laughs> exactly. I would call that false. And especially when a man or a woman comes to me and they have multiple symptoms of low thyroid, right? And so if someone's perfectly healthy and fine and they they just feel great, couldn't feel better, then maybe checking a TSH and it being normal, that may be fine. But most people, when they come, they're saying, man, I'm, I'm fatigued all the time. I don't sleep well. I'm gaining weight. I can't seem to lose weight. My, my skin is always dry. I'm always constipating. When somebody has all these symptoms, to just check only a, a TSH or a thyroid-stimulating hormone, and when that t- returns normal, then to say, well, your thyroid's fine. That's malpractice. I mean, that's more than just a lie. You have done that patient a disservice because you you know as well as I do that having low thyroid or hypothyroidism increases your risk of heart failure. It increases your risk of morbid obesity. Just hundreds of severe medical complications come after years of being an undiagnosed low thyroid patient. And so every patient with these symptoms deserves, deserves, and should demand that they have a full thyroid panel checked. Mm-hmm. So additional tests, but also sometimes, you know, I have to say a, an empirical trial of thyroid in a patient yes. who meets all these criteria and maybe has some yeah. borderline thyroid tests. You know, in effect, they're they're not meeting the very uh, stingy criteria of the American Endocrinological uh, Society, uh, right. which seems to, you know, make thyroid sort of like the unattainable holy grail for patients. You have to, you know, qualify for it. Uh, but right. so many of my patients, probably so many scores of your patients, have benefited enormously, even when they had relatively normal uh, thyroid tests. The TSH, you know, maybe a little bit high, but not crossing the Rubicon in terms of uh, outright diagnosis of hypothyroidism. Yeah, and this is one of the things that really triggers me. Doctors, and this, we go right back again to, to the laziness and the ignorance, right? Doctors, the average doctor thinks that that 
thyroid replacement hormone must be some kind of crack cocaine or something. Exactly. Because yeah. they think it's oh, easier to get a prescription just, for fentanyl, I think. Yeah. Than to, <laughs> they just they just want the thyroid hormone because they want to feel good and lose weight. And what doctors have forgotten, I don't know if any of these doctors have just never had a patient with hyperthyroidism, but people with overactive thyroids who have too much thyroid hormone also feel miserable. No patient is going to purposefully take too much thyroid hormone. They'll immediately stop taking it yep. because if you take too much, yep. you feel equally, equally terrible. Yep. But doctors seem to forget this, and it's almost like it's trained into us that people are going to try to game the system to get some thyroid hormone replacement. And I, I don't understand that at all because I agree with you 100%. I think for many people, if their lab results after I've checked that complete panel are still equivocal, I'll let them try a month or two of, of thyroid replacement medic, uh, hormone and see how it makes them feel. If it makes them feel better, then they need it. If it makes them feel fatigued and jittery and anxious and not good, yeah. then they don't need it, and they yeah. can stop it immediately. Exactly. Uh, the book is uh, peppered with really wonderful quotes. Uh, here's one of them from Voltaire, a philosopher uh, who lived around the time of the French Revolution, around 1790. Doctors are men who prescribe medicines of which they know little, to cure diseases of which they know less, in human beings of which they know nothing. By That's Voltaire in <laughs> 1790. One of and, my heroes. Yeah, and not much has changed in, what, 220, uh, 230 years. Yeah, uh, I would submit that nothing has changed. That is, That still occurs every single working day uh, between doctors and patients. That's what happens. So you have a, a, a chapter with an intriguing title. Uh, which is there is more to women than estrogen. What did, what did you mean by that? So the average doctor, when a woman in her 40s or 50s goes and says, Doc, I'm, ha I, you know, I'm fatigued, I can't sleep at all, everything annoys, aggravates me, gives me anxiety, I'm gaining weight, and so in me, that doctor's knee-jerk reaction is, oh, you're a menopause, let me give you an artificial estrogen supplement or a replacement. Mm -hmm. Let me give you Primer and let me give you Primpro. Let me mm -hmm. give you uh, Estradiol or even worse, Estratest. And we could talk about taking testosterone orally if you'd like. Wow. But the yeah. problem is, first of all, that estrogen replacement that the doctor just prescribed is not real estrogen. And no patient knows that. And most doctors don't know that. That, that is a patented molecule. It cannot, by definition be the real estrogen molecule, or the big pharma house couldn't have got a patent on it. Right. right? It has so to be a designer a, molecule, something that yeah, this you... Right. That's right. It's an estrogen-like molecule, and so it does have similar effects in the body, but it also has dangerous side effects, and that's why we, in the Women's Health Initiative, we saw that women who take these artificial estrogen hormones have an increased risk of heart attack, breast cancer, and other things. And so what doctors forget is that women need all three of the gender hormones. They don't just need estrogen. They also need progesterone and testosterone. And in fact, those are the first two hormones to usually desert a woman in the early stages of menopause is her testosterone and her progesterone mm -hmm. will start to nosedive years before her estrogen does. But and the kind so of progesterone that is often given in the, uh, in the uh, hormone replacement therapy, standard uh, conventional hormone replacement therapy is... Uh, Provera, which is yeah, it's also uh, a, also a synthetic. patented yeah. pseudo-progesterone. That's right. It's not real progesterone, and I never prescribe it. And any woman listening to this, if you're taking estrogen or progesterone in the form of a pill that you put in your mouth, 
that is not real estrogen, and 99% chance it's not real progesterone. There are some compounded versions of progesterone you can take by mouth, but you need to go see your doctor or you need to Google bioidentical hormone optimization and then the name of your city and find a doctor who knows how to balance your hormones properly because the only way for a woman after 40, 50, 60, somewhere in there, it's, it's different for every woman, the only way to feel your best is to have your hormones uh, optimized. And the only way to do that is with bioidentical hormones because they are, as the name would suggest, the exact same molecule as the, the hormone you used to make. Well, let's talk about testosterone because that uh, is highly controversial. Uh, you know, there are actually ads on TV for low T uh, for so-called andropause. Uh, and we tend to think of it as a, as a man's hormone, but you mentioned earlier that it's sometimes given to women. So um, you actually touch upon that in uh, one of the chapters uh, in the book. Uh, which Absolutely. Has, which has to do with, let's see, which chapter is that? Um, will this give men prostate cancer? That That's the big fear is, you know, when you give men sure. testosterone, uh, that's going to, you know, that, a lot of doctors yeah. running scared. They don't want to give men testosterone. And, right. And so if your doctor says, well, I don't want to give you testosterone because it will increase your risk of prostate cancer, the next question you should ask should be, why? Where did that come from? What research is that based on? Because if your doctor actually takes the time to research it back to its origin, as mm -hmm. I've done, yeah. you'll find that it's based on the opinion of one doctor based on three patients back in the 1940s. Uh, and only and, one and of that's, the patients that's in actually, the book, and you talk about that. That's exactly right. And so it's based on nothing. There's no meaningful research in existence that shows that optimizing a man's testosterone, mm -hmm. putting, putting it back where it should be, not making it falsely high, but just correcting it, Mm -hmm. is going to increase that man's risk of prostate cancer in mm -hmm. any way. Well, so how many, I mean, the point being is how many 25-year-olds uh, get prostate cancer? They've got you know, major exactly. uh, high levels of testosterone. It's usually the men who are experiencing the dwindles in their exactly. 50s, 60s, and 70s with uh, plummeting testosterone uh, who are most at risk uh, for prostate cancer. Plus, there are now some studies, and this just blows my mind, something that I've suspected for a long time. Men who have been successfully treated for prostate cancer can safely be given testosterone. You're aware of those studies too, I'm Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. And I, and I have the conversation with them because obviously that's almost third rail, you know, yeah. uh, territory that exactly. you're in at that point. But I explained to them the, the true risks and the meaningful benefits and the possible complications. And if they're willing to proceed, I have no fear whatsoever that I'll harm my patient who's had prostate cancer in the past by optimizing his testosterone. And I think 20 years from now, when we look back, we'll say, actually, Dr. Berry was decreasing his risk of a secondary occurrence by optimizing his testosterone hormone. Mm -hmm. Even decreasing the risk. That's interesting. Yes, uh, absolutely. So, you know, this brings to mind the issue, of, you know, how often do you feel hamstrung uh, by medical guidelines that dictate that doctors treat, for example, a cholesterol that's over 200 uh, or deny men the opportunity to get testosterone uh, or suggest that uh, you look at only the TSH as a determinant of whether someone should get thyroid. And by the way, the type of thyroid medication that's often advocated is synthetic thyroid in, instead of natural. Um, it's got to be you know, frustrating. It's very frustrating. I'm sure everyone listening has seen the recent articles about uh, doctor and nurse burnout, that doctors are retiring left and right. And, and it's because they've been 
painted into this box. And I think they've allowed themselves to be painted into the box of your one and only job is to listen to the patient for about 45 seconds and then to pull out your prescription pad and write them a prescription for some patent medicine. That's your job. And that's all you get to do. You don't really get to think or study or learn or grow. You just do that. And if you step much outside that box, you might get a call from the medical board. You definitely will get uh, worried looks from your colleagues. And no one wants that. No one wants to be judged or put on, you know, put under the spotlight or the or the microscope. And so most docs just go along to get along. But my the problem with that, the very thesis of this book is that doctors are duty-bound to do more than that. We took an oath to first do no harm, and if by your laziness and your ignorance you're giving your patient bad nutrition advice or bad medical advice, then you, my friend, are doing harm. You know, I'm not sure if you touched upon it in in this book, but uh, one of the big uh, medical myths uh, is that uh, if you've got stomach problems, take an acid-blocking medication. I'm sure you touch upon it, but uh, I, I couldn't see a specific... You didn't uh, make it among your 25 uh, big lies that doctors tell. Yeah, the book could have actually been about 900 pages Well, long. maybe there's a part two. I mean, I'm sure you could generate <laughs> another 25. Yeah, probably. I'm actually working on a YouTube video about that e- exact topic right mm-hmm. now. And the title's mm-hmm. going to be, Is Your Heartburn Pill Dangerous? And because you and I both know that if you take, if you just thoughtlessly take the proton pump inhibitor that your doctor thoughtlessly keeps re-prescribing for years and years and years, there are terrible, terrible side effects and terrible chronic diseases that can come from that. And that's that's a huge thing. And that's that's a great example of how doctors, you know, proton pump inhibitors, Nexium, Prilosec, Prevacid, Asifex, those things were intended to be used from two to six weeks. They do not have an FDA approval for long-term use. None of them do. But yet doctors will just thoughtlessly refill that prescription for 20 years. And the patient's bones are getting weaker, their heart's getting weaker, their kidneys are being damaged by this. But since it doesn't happen quickly, the patient's not aware. And since the doctor's half asleep for most of the day, he or she's not aware. And so it just keeps, you know, big pharma keeps making billions. The patient keeps getting sicker and the doctor's not any the wiser. And another area where there's a lot of uh, abuse and overuse is antibiotics. And there you do uh, have a chapter on the subject. And the subject is uh, viruses laugh at antibiotics. And sure. I, could, I could append the word duh, but, <laughs> you know, that's unfortunately, <laughs> you know, we, we, we wield antibiotics uh, at conditions that are just not amenable to antibiotic therapy all too often. Yeah. And the, the estimate is that 97 to 99% of the time an antibiotic is written, no antibiotic is needed. Like virtually every time that you've had been prescribed antibiotics in your life, you didn't really need antibiotics. Uh, antibiotics are meant for bacteria only, and 90% of infections easily in humans are caused by viruses or fungi, and, and antibiotics don't help that at all. And so anytime a doctor prescribes you antibiotics needlessly, not only do you have the potential acute side effects that you could have, which are sometimes disastrous, but then also your doctor's basically hardening the, the, the culprit bacteria in your gut and other parts of your body so that if you ever do truly need the antibiotic in the future, it just won't work as well. And to kick off your enumeration of lies, my doctor told me, um, chapter one, has an interesting, interesting title. Trust in God, 
not your doctor. And where were you going with that? What was your intent in writing a chapter by that name? So whether you're, whether you're religious or not, my point is, is that doctors are practicing medicine that's at most been around 100 years. The human body has been in its current form for 250,000 years. And so whether you believe in a creator or evolution or some combination, you have to first and foremost understand, and that chapter was written for patients as well as doctors, you have to understand that the, the, the little minuscule things that, that doctors, the little uh, you know whirlpools that they're playing with in their teacup have no meaning in the larger picture of the, the, the paleo evolutionary place that we're at right now. This is, we are not a snapshot. We are the same exact DNA that was running on the savannah 200,000 years mm-hmm. ago. And you can't just say, oh, well, Harvard Medical School says this, so therefore we're all going to do that now. That's, it, it's just, mm-hmm. it's short-sighted and it's dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think that's a good way to kick off your discussion of many of the myths, uh, that, uh, predominate on a medical scene. You, you weigh in on our, uh, sun phobia. Presumably, you're talking about vitamin D. Uh, you also uh, talk about uh, whether too much calcium causes kidney stones. Some great chapters here. Um, and so I want to leave our uh, listeners with uh, some leads where they can find more information about you because you do some excellent uh, YouTube videos. What's your website? So uh, com is my website. And that you can kind of jump from there to any of my other social media I'm most active on YouTube and Facebook. I have a Facebook page. Uh, my wife and I actually go live on the Facebook page every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central. Oh, great. Uh, I'm also on Instagram and Twitter. If I'm feeling exceptionally snarky or salty, I'll go yell at somebody on Twitter. But if I'm trying to just help regular people improve their lives, I'm usually on YouTube or Facebook doing that. The book is available wherever books are sold. It's published now. I, originally, I self-published it, uh, but then it was doing so well that Victory Belt Publishing picked it up, and we issued a second edition, and that's the one we're talking about today that has the meat chapters in it. And I'm I'm blown away that the book is doing so well. I'm very thankful for that. But in the big picture, all I want to do is when a, when a patient walks into a doctor's room, exam room, I want the doctor to be awake and alert and realize that it's their job to know what they're talking about. And I want the patient to understand that this is their one life we're talking about. And if this doctor's having a bad day or just hasn't kept up on his reading, bad things can come from that one office visit if you're not paying attention. Mm -hmm. Uh, The patient needs to be alert. Doctors uh, need to be self-critical. And, you know, uh, we got into this because most of us uh, were very interested in science. We also wanted to help people. We thought that the medical profession was a perfect amalgamation of science and uh, altruism, uh, but unfortunately, yes. the science sometimes gets buried in the you know the day-to-day exigencies of uh, dishing out treatments, um, and doctors sometimes default to you know, algorithms, guidelines, and medical myths, which you successfully point out in this book. So great, absolutely, good stuff, Doctor Ken Barry. Thank you so much for joining us, and uh, keep up the great work. Keep getting the word out. Uh, the website again is uh, Ken Barry MD. Dot com. Do I have that right? I think it's Ken D. Barry, okay. okay. Yeah, but if you just, if you Google Dr. Barry, I think you'll find me. I'm sure you'll pop right up there at the top of the Google search. Thanks a lot for joining us. My pleasure. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. 
Hi, this is Dr. Ronald Hoffman. As you know, this is a vital time to bolster our immune defenses. I've received countless requests for a specific list of supplements that I recommend to support immune health. That's why I've created the Intelligent Medicine Immune Support Protocol, my supplement recommendations offering the greatest boost for your immune system when it's needed most. Best medicine is preventive medicine. Just go to drhoffmanstore.com for more information. drhoffmanstore.com In addition to the immune support protocol, you'll find easy-to-follow links for our supplement starter kit, heart health protocol, and much more. These protocols are an easy way for you to get the exact combination of targeted supplements you need to help you follow the intelligent medicine lifestyle. The same supplements I take for myself and prescribe for my patients. And for a limited time, you'll get free priority shipping on all of your store orders. For more details, just go to drhoffmanstore.com. That's drhoffmanstore.com.